Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEN. Good afternoon. It's Friday, the 14th of October, 2022. Welcome along to the Punters, mate. As I do each and every week, I'd like to uh, introduce my co-host, Sam Highland. Sam, good afternoon to you. How's your week been? Chris, it's been a great week. Uh, Yeah, we've had, um, well, it's the last couple of weeks has just been a lot of um, relaxing time with family, school holidays and whatever. And then... Uh, last week was my wife's 40th birthday, so we uh, we went to Noosa and uh, Festival of Nicole, I was calling it. So, uh, yeah, it was now, interesting, uh, you know, five days down there and good fun. I was thinking of you, actually, because uh, you did say last week you were heading to Noosa for the weekend. And I don't think, well, we probably could have had worse weather, but you, you did actually say you, were having, you had seven kids in tow. Nine. 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 Sorry. Nine, nine all up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you so must the, have picked up a couple on the, the cousins, way. The cousins came up from Melbourne and uh, – or from Hamilton and Victoria and uh, – yeah, it was, I tell you what, it was, there were was some hectic times, Chris and, <laughs> and I'm just going to give you the tip that uh, Adam Taylor and myself, my brother-in-law, we were left with those nine uh, bugger lugs uh, at different stages because the girls just ducked off and of course. D- didn't come back for a couple of hours. And do you reckon they had us off the bit? Where are we? We were absolutely under the stick trying to keep them in check, but uh, it was all right. No one drowned, so it's okay. Well, well, the thing is, when you go to Noosa and you've got nine kids in tow and you, you want the beach to play a big role because you can take them down the beach and they can basically look after themselves, you know, in a fashion. You've got to keep your eye on them. But it wasn't beach weather. You didn't get beach weather. I don't know if you got down uh, there, but the weather was ordinary. Yeah, we get, we spent a good bit of time down the beach. And uh, the beauty of that is when they come from uh, Western Victoria, Chris O, <laughs> this time of year they're used to like cold, a sauna, the cold conditions. So they were, that, that, uh, don't worry, the uh, the off weather didn't worry them one little bit. And, uh, uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Dylan Ferguson because uh, he told us, uh, like he's not the strongest swimmer, that uh, this is uh, Nicole's nephew and uh, – He's not the strongest swimmer, but a couple of days in the pool and then uh, got out in the waves there and we said, Dills, just, hey, slow down out in that day. And he goes, no, no, I've got this. I've oh. got this. He he was overnight, you know, competent swimmer and, uh, yeah, did he take some reining in, I'll tell you. Competent swimmer overnight. I love that. <laughs> All righty, on today's show we're going to chat to Queensland's Premier jockey, Jimmy Orman. Now, we caught up with Jimmy earlier today. Uh, Now that we've got a national show, Sammy, I'm really happy to talk to Jimmy because we talk to him a lot on Queensland radio, but there's a lot of people in the southern states that aren't aware of, of, or they've heard of Jimmy Orman, but they don't know much about him. Yeah, he rides okay in Brisbane, but let's get to know a bit more about how it all started for Jimmy Orman, uh, what his goals are down the track. He's he's a lovely guy. He deserves all success in it. He's actually riding, of course, in Sydney tomorrow. Uh, he's riding far too easy in the Kosciuszko, and he's picked up a couple of other rides. So we'll speak to Jimmy Orman after the first break. We did promise last week we'd speak to Paul Bloodworth from Racing Victoria uh, regarding the Melbourne Cup and, and and what's going on with the horses, the internationals that have, have uh, arrived in Melbourne, and they've been doing their track work and everything out at Werribee. 
We'll get an update from Paul. We'll get a tip from Paul. He might even give us a Caulfield Cup tip as well. Oh. But we need to know because I, I am not all over the Melbourne Cup horses this year. I haven't even looked at what's here. I know I've heard of one called Doville Legend that people keep talking about. Uh, that's about as much as I know. Are you over them yet, Sammy? Have not really, not really. But I like a horse called uh, Loft yep. that uh, that James McDonald is riding, and he's the hot jockey, isn't he? Uh, oh. This carnival. I mean, isn't he he's always? always been an outstanding jockey, but uh, this year he's gee whiz, he's uh, so strong, and his rides, whatever he throws his leg over, he's. Um, he wins on, so uh, he could dead set win on a broomstick. He could. He could. Uh, now, racing around Queensland this weekend, we are racing our main meeting is at Eagle Farm tomorrow afternoon. That's a 10 racer. Very competitive day. We'll get to some tips in the uh, last segment of the show. We race at Aquas Park on the Gold Coast. We race at, a race at Rockhampton as well uh, in the north, and we race in the Twilight Zone at Toowoomba, of course, and Sunshine Coast will be racing on Sunday. So looking forward to those meetings uh, over the weekend. A couple of Queensland uh, participants down south this uh, this weekend. Sammy, of course, start Tontes, goes around in the Silver Eagle at Ramwick. That race was uh, obviously uh, postponed from last Saturday when the meeting was washed out. And Palayapan for Chris Munts goes around in this Tristark race eight at Caulfield. Chris Munts, as we know, has ridden a lot of winners in Victoria, Melbourne Cups and Caulfield Cups too. Yeah, memory. did yeah. he ride Desperado? I don't know. He rode, didn't he? He rode Champagne, didn't he? In yeah. the Melbourne Cup. Uh, he rode I, something in, He rode something that led all the way in the Caulfield Cup. We'll work Descarado, on that. Was it Desperado? I thought he rode it. But he's never trained a winner in Melbourne. So okay. this is be a first so he, for us. Well, that'll Chris. happen soon enough. Yes, well, surely. it will for sure. Now, we also, we had the, uh, the Queensland Racing Awards of course, last Sunday night it was a gala evening. Were you? Oh, you weren't there. You're at Noosa. You're having your own gala evening. <laughs> <laughs> now, the uh, the Queensland Racehorse of the Year, of course, was Apache Chase, uh, trained by uh, Desley Forster. And Apache Chase had a terrific season, uh, won the uh, Wheatwood, uh, ran fourth in the Golden Eagle, the $7.5 million Golden Eagle, won the Gateway, placed in the Magic Millions Cup and the Archer, and then uh, won, of course, the Group 1 Kingsford Smith Cup. So a massive uh, year for Apache Chase. Uh, who was the Queensland Horse of the Year? And there was a lot of other, uh, a lot of other inductees and winners there uh, over the night. Jimmy Orman, Tony Gollan, as they well, Jimmy Tony Gollan seems to win it every year. It's a given, and plenty of others. But won't go through all of those. Any of the, those awards that took your eye, Sammy? Well, I think it was fantastic to see uh, Pat Duff go yeah. uh, be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's just an absolute warrior, Pat, and he's been uh, a fantastic trainer up here for a long time. Uh, is yeah, that that would have been really special for him and his family. Uh, there's a horse inducted into the Hall of Fame called Highland. Uh, yeah, so Spelling? H- Highland H I G H L A N D. He got in, and Starcraft, as we know, yeah. Starcraft was uh, a, a Super horse and uh, travelled overseas and and was effective over there and uh, yeah it, uh, I think uh, looked from by all reports looked to be a good night had by all Queensland two year old horse of the year was Best of Bordeaux and the Queensland three year old horse of the year was Gypsy Goddess of course who won the Queensland Oaks for David Van Dyke and Willie Pike now before we go for a break thought we'd have a bit of a chat quickly Sammy about uh, something that. Uh, I saw on social media last uh, Saturday night. Now, we had that washed-out meeting in Sydney. We got through, I think, five races or six races. It was around five or six. Now, a lot of people put up on social media and some in the media that why wasn't this meeting brought forward? Because we knew the rain was coming 
And we knew it was coming probably mid-afternoon, and that's when it happened. So I can see their point. When we have hot weather, we have no issue at all in changing meetings and starting them at 10 o'clock in the morning. We do it all through summer in every state of Australia pretty much. We saw a lot of it over the last couple of years. Why aren't we doing it when there's, a, uh, when there's rain on the way? Why couldn't we do it last Saturday in Sydney? It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, look, I'm I'm uh, vocal enough on, uh, on on the SEN Track WhatsApp uh, thread uh, about uh, how it used to be an all weather sport, and now it is not an all weather sport. Uh, it's yeah, I, I um, gee whiz, uh, yeah, I, it was really surprising that. They... But it was never even brought up. It was until after the meeting, no one really mentioned it. So is this something that the authorities? Uh, we'll we'll look at going forward. You think they'd have to? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't. Well, anyway, as oh. you, you hit the nail on the head. Why wouldn't they just bring it forward to get the meeting done? And and here's it? another but one. It's uh, uh, I don't know. You know, sometimes they go to the races and they're they're you know you're on the back foot. I always feel I always feel. Um, uh, well, I'll give you a classic example. I was I was doing the form for for uh, for Bathurst today and. Uh, last night and thinking that, um, uh, you know, this will be millions. And sure enough, you get up, it's called off. It's yeah. uh, I have never known race meetings to get called off as much as they do now. It's And do you know what? It's it's just running on grass. It's this, uh, I, I tell you what, they wouldn't call them off in Hong Kong or Japan like they call them off here because, you know what, they've got contracts over there and do, the powers that go, oh, yeah, you don't want to ride in these conditions? Well, guess what? Back to us. Go yeah, home. Yeah. See you later. And that's it's. I think it's just too easy for him to call it off. I, I'm really Dude. strong on it because, as I say, like it's what why why was it okay to ride in these conditions twenty years ago, fifteen years ago? Now it starts raining. I oh, can't see. Can't see. Put another pair of goggles on. It's that easy. If you've got if you've got uh, rides at a meeting that's called off, uh, let's say Bathurst, do you still get your riders fee? Uh, there's there is. Um, I think if you turn up, uh, if you turn up, yeah, and and it gets called off, you get you um, get paid. You you get like I think you get two or three riding fees or something like that. Well, you get two riding fees and your petrol money. I'm yep. pretty sure um, something like something along those lines. I I don't know uh, exactly. It's been a long time since. I've been in that position. And I'll tell you what, Chris, oh, when I used to do it, they never used to call them off. So, it's, <laughs> so it's, you don't know. But, but now it is, it, is, it is just such a common thing that it is. you're dealing with a heavy track. It's, they, they just get called off. It's and amazing. If you've but, got a horse but I'll tell you what, yeah? I'll tell you what, they didn't, they didn't get called off at, uh, on Rupert Clark Day, did they? No. They, 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 t- they told us on the tally, oh, we couldn't see, but they continued on. <laughs> they kept riding because the they're riding in group races. <laughs> like, and, and it's the same with Thousand Guineas yeah. the other, on Wednesday, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I mean, but anyway, it's. And if you've got a horse that likes a heavy is. track, then you're out of luck these days. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's right. Exactly. If you have a genuine heavy Bob tracker. tracker. It's, um, Strawberry Road wouldn't do much good these days. Shout out to Knight's Order, though, in the Caulfield <laughs> Cup, you little beauty. Just get, just get out there and get rolling. We'll get a cup tip from you later on. Or we'll go for a break. When we come back from the break, we'll catch up with Queensland's leading jockey, Jimmy Orman.
This is The Punters, Mate, on SEN. Selfie, and I thought so. Nikonova. Selfie, and I thought so. Nikonova on the outside. 100 metres left to go. Nikonova and Selfie. Selfie and Nikonova. Nikonova has reached the lead near the line, and Nikonova. Nikonova's won the last from Selfie, and I thought so. Sammy, that was Nikonova, of course, winning the Fred Best all the way back in uh, 2017. For Jimmy Orman, who's our next guest on the show, or our first guest on the show this afternoon, we caught up with Jimmy. This morning, Jimmy, that was a uh, a terrific win. Your first group win. It was a Group Three race back in, as I mentioned, two thousand and seventeen, on a horse that's been really good to you. Yeah, that was um, Nikonova. He's been a gun horse. I've won a heap of listed and yep, couple group races, couple group races on him as well. And um, yeah, that was a bit of a bit of a blast in the past. That one, yeah, <laughs> a while ago now, but um, he's still racing and still racing well. Fair to say you've come a long way since 2017. Yeah, just every season. I've just sort of got a little bit better and better each season. Um, so, and hopefully keep getting better and better each season. It's been a, a big journey, Jimmy, and uh, as well as being uh, one of the nicest blacks in the jockey's room in Queensland, I would think it's fair to say that uh, you do it the toughest with your weight. You're extremely tall, and let's touch on that and give the listeners uh, an insight into Jimmy Orman. I mean, uh, jockeys in years gone by, like Stephen Arnold, I, you know, I, I, I see, I've seen how tough they do it. Jamie Mott uh, in in the current day down in Victoria, very tall jockeys, but. Um, are so disciplined with their weight and that's, you know, it's so important for you, uh, for you to be able to do your job. Yes, I mean, basically exactly right. It's um, very, yeah, it's tough, but, um, yeah, like the names that you just mentioned there, they, they do it probably just as tough as I do and um, I just sort of ride at 56 kilos, so that's my weight that I ride race day at and it's a good sort of happy medium for me. It's a it's a weight where I, I can obviously ride lighter than that, but um, that weight at 56, I'm pretty strong and I seem to ride pretty. I seem to ride good as well on the day, so I'm not too um, completely drained and uh, can't give a good ride. So 56 is my weight, um, and yeah, it's a week in week out struggle. But uh, I wouldn't say it's a struggle. It's just more. It's just discipline. You know, you got to be doing the right things, otherwise. Um, you pay for it on race day, and I, yeah, I don't like. I like to be at my best on, at the races, so I, um, I give the horses every chance. So you're saying you have to do the right thing. I mean, what is the right thing? I mean, do you, how many do you eat much during the week? Do you do a lot of exercise, a lot of time in the sauna, etc.? Oh, look, a lot of my sweating I just do in the spa. Um, but yeah, when I say the right thing, I mean sort of basically just eating as healthy as I can um, and. Yeah, the main thing for me is I find if I'm drinking plenty of water, that's um, yeah. I've got to stay. You got to stay away from the <clears throat> sugar drinks and all that sort of thing. So it's mainly just water and soda water, um, few, a little bit of Powerade here and there, and then just um, the you know the proteins and and stuff like that. So staying away from the the fattier foods. And I suppose you know if you're going through that routine and 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 it's very tough and you're not getting the results. You feel like you're building your head up against the wall, but when you are getting the results as you are, and you have been now for some time, it's a lot easier to handle, isn't it? Yeah, it makes it easier when you're having a little bit of success. But don't worry, I've been there when 
you know, where it's been tough and yeah. I've been doing it for, you know, it's, it feels like I'm doing it for no reason at all. Like, um, so I've been on both ends of the stick. I'm, I'm lucky now. I'm getting really good rides, but don't get me wrong. I've been on the other side where I've been yeah. struggled. Like when I come out of my time, a couple of years after that, I sort of just struggled. Whilst I was still getting good rides, it was still um, some it was a bit of a struggle. But um, now it's been a lot better. Um, obviously, riding for some of the best trainers in Queensland, and um, yeah, it's great to be riding for them. Their horses all run well. I, you know, um, Jimmy, it's a fantastic career to date. Do you look at it now? Um, you've obviously been a, one of the top jockeys in Queensland for a couple of years now. Um, do you look at it? Do you have goals to, to go overseas? Uh, do you, you've got a young family. I, it, it's it's There are obviously um, big changes if you were to, to try that. Have you got any, any goals for that? Oh, huge goals to get overseas and ride for sure. Um, it would be awesome to to ride in overseas one day, Hong Kong or something like that. But um, especially while the family, while the kids are still young. But um, you know, whatever happens, happens. I just got to keep uh, keep trying to you know each season build my career and and get it um, get better and better results each time. But um, yeah, I want to ride. You know, I'm here in Sydney now, obviously riding the Kosciuszko tomorrow, but. Mm. I'd love to come down here a little bit more often if I could, but it's, yeah, it is what it is. But, yeah, I've just got to, like I said, just keep building my career and, and getting better and better. Success breeds success, doesn't it? I mean, uh, the more you get noticed and the more uh, big rides or the big race rides that you win or the big races that you win, uh, the more chances that you get. Now, did you always want to be a jockey? I, I know I read... When, when you won the premiership uh, last season, that, that you, I'm sure someone said that you turned up at the school, was it the school or the kindergarten or something like that, and you went, seven years in a row you went dressed as a jockey in primary school <laughs> to play. Was that right? Is that the right story? Yeah, that's exactly right. Mum <laughs> leaked that one. Yeah, she did. <laughs> so what was yeah. the story exactly? Yeah, yeah I just <laughs> I was going as a jockey every year. I was going to bring my, my horse one year and the – principal found out and told me no I cannot be doing that so I had to leave the pony behind I got beat too if I had the horse I win for sure <laughs> so what made you want to become a jockey is it in the fam- is there something in the family there I'm not I'm not sure that yeah um well I never seen my dad ride he, he did that before I was born he was a jockey uh didn't ride for that long but I it's probably just in my blood to be honest because yeah. um my mum has trained for as long as uh um, I, I can remember, and um, I don't know whether it's from dad watching the races all, all all the time when I was a kid, or whether it's just dead sit in my blood. But it's something I've always wanted to do. Yeah, and you're doing it very well, and you're getting great support from the from the biggest stables. I mean, you're you're riding your strike rate for Chris Waller is fantastic. You're riding a lot for for Tony Gollan. You're riding a lot for Rob Heathcote. You're in demand. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, they're great stables to be riding for. It's awesome to be riding Chris's horses here in Queensland. They're all very hard to beat when they when they race. Um, and like you said, Tony Gowan, Rob Heathcote, Kelly Schweder. Yep, oh Kelly, of course. Just to name a, just to name a few of the others. They're great yep. trainers, and their horses all run really well. Just your link with Kelly. I mean, you go back a fair way. Yeah, Kelly's been awesome to me. He, um, uh. I think he did. He gave me my first ever Saturday Metropolitan winner, and uh, he's been 
by my side probably yeah the longest out of everyone so he's always supported me um and yeah I, I wasn't apprenticed to him I just remember one day um I rode for him and ever since that Saturday winter I've just sort of kept riding for him yeah and uh, not a bad stable to ride for either and do you, do you remember I've got it here in front of me you'll remember where your first ride was but do you remember your first winner Yep, uh, it was a horse called Shadowy Past at Nanango. Yeah, trained by Peter Moncrief. Peter Moncrief, yep. Back in 2013. Now, that was the first day you rode. So uh, you rode uh, yep. you rode Optimistic Angel in the maiden plate, first ride in race one at ran third. At 54 kilos, you were riding then too, and then a couple of races at later 50, you broke through. 51, I think it carried. No, but you rode, yeah, did it? Yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah, because oh, he would have claimed. No, it yep. carried. I must have 58 and carried 54, but I, I was riding 51 back then. I was only 16 years old, yeah. still in school. But um, I'll add that that optimistic angel was should should have won for sure. That day I completely got lost on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you're in Sydney, of course, to ride far too easy mainly. You've got a couple of rides, a couple of other rides, but the main ride is uh, far too easy in the uh, the rich Kosciuszko at uh, Royal Randwick tomorrow. Yeah. Really excited to be here. Far too easy. He's in the in the Kosciuszko, and um, was awesome to pick up uh, two other riders uh, rides. One for Bjorn Baker and Soldier of Love, and um, one for Chris Waller and uh, the Frontman. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck uh, at uh, at Randwick tomorrow, Jimmy. We hope you come home a winner. Uh, you're a credit to yourself and your family and everyone involved. We always love chatting to you, and you're doing an amazing job. Keep up the good work. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Jimmy. Jimmy Orman joining us there. Let's hope he can uh, bring home the bacon at Royal Randwick uh, tomorrow with far too easy uh, Sammy. We should go for a break. When we come back from the break, uh, we'll be chatting to – who was it we were chatting to? I can't remember now. <laughs> I've gone completely blank. Paul Bloodworth. Paul Bloodworth, of course. How could I forget Paul Bloodworth? He's <laughs> going to kill me for that. All right, we're chatting to him right after the break about the Melbourne Cup. This is The Punters, Mate, on SEN. Welcome back to the Punters Mate on this Friday afternoon. You are with Chris Nelson and Sam Highland. Now, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we're going to catch up with uh, Paul Bloodworth. Paul, of course, is the GM of International and Racing Operations for Racing Victoria. He is the man that knows all about the international horses heading towards the Melbourne Cup. And we caught up with Paul earlier today. First thing we wanted to find out from Paul was how was uh, how was the weather yesterday in Melbourne? Paul, uh, did you escape the uh, the rain yesterday? Yeah, morning, boys. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a pretty crazy forty-eight hours in in Melbourne and, and all around Victoria. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm living in Ascot Vale at the moment, and the Maribyrnong River's uh, broken its banks, and we got a message to evacuate this morning. But thankfully, uh, we, we don't have to do that. But um, yeah, all around the states, really, really uh, copped it, unfortunately. And there's a lot of places probably doing a lot harder than than what we are. So. Um, yeah, and we've had lots of race meetings. We've had to move in the last uh, 48 hours as well, and we had a meeting abandoned at Ballarat on the synthetic yesterday because the ambulance tracks got too flooded and and, and surrounding areas. So it, it's been a hectic week, so we'll all be happy to see the back of the rain. Paul, I don't think uh, from the footage that I saw last night of Kitan Racecourse, uh, I don't think they'll be racing there anytime soon. Where are we? No, exactly, and their, their cup's coming up in a few weeks' time, so hopefully it stops raining and, and Titan's got a river surrounding it as well, as you know, Sammy, But um, and I think that's probably broken its bank. So, yeah, 
it's it's crazy. Uh, thankfully, we're not racing at Kyneton anytime soon, <laughs> but uh, the cups in, in Melbourne Cup week, so hopefully it dries out before then. But um, not good, and there's you know there's a whole heap of country clubs at the moment running their cups, and Moe's thankfully going ahead today on a heavy ten. Uh, and uh, we've got a Horsham Cup on Sunday, which is in a bit of doubt as well. So really bad luck for those clubs, but um, hopefully with a little bit of drying weather over the weekend, uh, we might be able to get through. Just just aside from that, uh, uh, touching on one of our other tracks there in Victoria, um, how's Seymour going? Because I saw footage there that the, well, it looked like the, the the grass was not so bad, but the inside of the, uh, the course proper was underwater. So it's obviously copped a hammering, but... Are we far off getting back there to Seymour? They've got a meeting scheduled in November, uh, which will be their first meeting in about two years. Uh, We've given it a lot of time uh, to allow the grass to consolidate uh, and we certainly won't be taking any risks with Seymour given given its history in the last few years and the track's performance. So we'll be running some trials there probably uh, in late October uh, where we'll get some senior jockeys to ride and, and that'll probably tell us the story as to whether they resume then or not. Their, their cup meeting was, was a couple of weeks ago, which we ran at, um, at Bendigo. Um, so, yeah, look, from all reports, the track has consolidated well and everyone's happy with it. But uh, as I said, we won't be taking any risks and we'll be making sure the track's in really good condition before we resume racing on it. Alrighty, Paul, on to the Melbourne Cup. Now, you've been spending your mornings at Werribee, I would imagine, uh, nice and early and cold and dark and damp, watching these, <laughs> watching these inter- international horses uh, go through their paces. Uh, how have they been going? Is there any that stand out? Sammy and I are just discussing at the top of the show that we haven't done a lot of form on the Melbourne Cup. I, I came up with the name Doville Legend because I'd read it somewhere, and, and he mentioned the name Loft, and I've looked at the market, and they're the two favourites. Well, you, you boys, you've done very well there. You, you must have got a little bit of intel to, to come up with those two. Uh, yeah, look, we've we've currently got um, nine horses out here at Werribee across our three compounds. We had uh, four horses arrive uh, in, in September, uh, one of which was Artorius coming home from his European campaign. He's now left and gone to his Flemington stable. And the other horses that arrived then was a horse called El Bodegon, uh, that Chris Waller is going to train and is going to run on the Cox Plate, a horse called My Oberon, uh, formerly of William Haggis's yard in England, uh, who's now with Annabelle Neesham. And I think she's still aiming towards the Cox Plate for him, or he might uh, divert to the Crystal Mile on the same day. And the third or the fourth horse that arrived early was Rodrigo Diaz, who's trained by David Simcock, and he's running in the Geelong Cup on Wednesday with Damien Oliver up, and he has settled in really well and should run well. The latest arrival uh, was Tuesday night at 11.55pm. Um, we were here till 6 o'clock in the morning, um, getting the horses into their boxes and checking, doing all the government checks that we need to do when we have horses arrive. So it was a, a late night. Thankfully, it wasn't uh, Wednesday night when it was pouring rain. Mm. So, um, But yeah, Loft and Dover Legend two, um, are two of the sort of highlight horses there. Loft's trained by a guy called Marcel Weiss. Uh, Marcel trains in Germany and he won the ARC last year with a horse called Torquato Tasso, and which ran third this year. So it's fair to say he knows what he's doing. Um, he brings interesting form to the race. He, he won a race called the Belmont Gold Cup two starts ago, Group 2 race in America uh, that he was very impressive in. But the horses he beat, which were 
broadly American horses who don't race a lot on grass or over those sort of distances. So it's a little bit hard to get a line on his form. He then went to a track called Chester. Sammy probably knows Chester in England. Um, so it's a track very similar to Mooney Valley um, for, to a listed race. Um, ran second, giving this, the winner 10 kilos. Um, and it's fair to say, I think, that they were, they were going there hoping to avoid any further waste in the Melbourne Cup by way of a penalty or anything like that. So it wasn't any great surprise that he ended up getting beaten. Um, so his form's very difficult to line up. You're um, suggesting he was off on it? <laughs> I didn't know if I heard that correctly. Either. I just let it go. <laughs> what was that? It was You're no suggesting su- he was off on it? <laughs> no, I didn't say that at all. I didn't say that at all. I just said that they probably weren't too worried about it not winning that day. Uh, he's already got 55 and a half in the cup, so they probably didn't want any more. But anyway, I'm not saying that. No, of course not. No. Um, uh, but look, he, yeah, like I said, his, his forms are just a little bit hard to line up. He's a very nice horse. He's settled in really well here. Uh, the girls that are looking after him uh, are very happy with him. Uh, so far, so and so he's probably quite rightly high in the markets in the Melbourne Cup. Dover Legends forms a little bit easier to dissect. He's a Northern Hemisphere three-year-old, which has proven a good recipe for success in the Melbourne Cup in recent times with Cross Counter and Rekindling both winning the Melbourne Cup. And a horse called Il Paradiso, uh, a very unlucky uh, second in the Cup uh, a few years ago behind Bound Declare. So. But his um, his form is is very similar to Cross Counter. They he won a race called the Great Voltager at York uh, that Cross Counter ran second in when he won the Cup and, and the start before he ran second in a race called the Gordon Stakes at Goodwood that Cross Counter won when he won the Melbourne Cup. So very strong form lines tying in there. If you go back through the Gordon Stakes from this year, nearly every horse out of the race has won since. So it's been a very strong form race. Uh, so. On that alone, uh, he's deservedly very firm in the market in the Melbourne Cup. The only thing he has got to overcome is the weight that he's got for a Northern Hemisphere three-year-old. He's got 55 kilos. And just to give you an example of the challenge that he has, a cross-counter carried 51 and a half Mm. and rekindling carried 51 when they won the Melbourne Cup. So he's got to carry, you know, three and a half, four kilos more than two pretty good horses when they won the Melbourne Cup uh, a few years ago. So... But he has settled in really well. Um, his trainer, James Ferguson, has been here before when he worked for Charlie Appleby. So he knows his way around Melbourne and, uh, and, and our quarantine facility here at Werribee. So, um, and yeah, I mean, the horses, no, neither of those two horses have, have really done much since they've arrived. They only arrived Tuesday night, as I said, and uh, they went out on the track for the first time today. Thankfully, with the rain having stopped and a little bit of sun on their back. So um, they'll, they'll step up their work in coming weeks, um, given we've still got three weeks basically until the Melbourne Cup. All right. So we're going to get you on again in two weeks' time where you can give us your final tip. But you've seen them all. You've seen them all gallop now, these internationals. If we had to twist your arm and say, which one would you like to own? Which one would it be? Well, I, I didn't – because I – babbled on so long with those other two horses I haven't got to the other horses that have been in the yard so we've got a horse called Without a Fight yep. uh, who's trained by Simon and Ed Crisford and Simon Crisford again knows his way around Melbourne he was the managing director of Godolphin Europe for a number of years and has been out here a number of times uh, in that role and is now training in his own right in England um, Without a Fight 
Uh, won a race at York in July, a Group 3 race with only three runners, which is a quintessentially English situation. Uh, and then had a break, which I like. Simon, I saw Simon at Newmarket when I was there, and he said, I'm going to put him away for a break now and bring him back for a run in late September just to tune him up for the Melbourne Cup. And he ran it in a listed race at York, uh, sorry, at Newmarket um, a couple of weeks ago and really hit the line well if you get a chance. Go and have a look at his replay. He really hit the line like a like a two miler, um, and I just yeah, I, I think he's got the right profile for the cup. And as I said, I'm, I, I like I like it when trainers you know make a decision very early in the season um, that they're coming and tailor their program around it rather than racing them in high pressure races all through uh, the English summer and English autumn. So so he's, a, he's, he's the one. He's a really well, he, he's, he's a bigger price than the other two. That's that's something. I mean, yes. he, he's probably tested whether he's got the quality of some of a horse like Doville Legend, um, you know. But uh, I just I just like his profile and he's just in form at the right time. We've also got a couple of other horses here. One trained by Gay Waterhouse, who's been in the yard this morning, and uh, it's always uh, it's always an experience with Gay's in the yard. She's great in great form. Um, but its name's Hu Ya Mel. And I have no idea what that mm. means. Uh, a few people have asked me, and I've got no idea. I made up a few stories about it being some sort of Chinese meal, <laughs> a succulent Chinese meal or something like that. Um, but uh, I don't really know what it means. But he, he ran second in the English Derby, uh, and that's generally pretty good form. He's had a couple of runs since. He won a listed race, uh, I think it was at Newbury, and uh, then he ran in the English St. Ledger on, on soft ground and, and uh, didn't perform that well, but you could probably put it down to the to the wet track that day. So he's he's a nice horse, and he certainly will be competitive in the race. He's probably got a slight query on the trip, given he's by, by a horse called Territories that I think from memory sort of couldn't get past 1,400 metres when he was racing. So um, <laughs> he's an interesting case from a breeding perspective. And the final uh, horse that's going to be running in the Cup is a horse called Kimura uh, that Ben and J.D. Hayes have got uh, that was formerly trained by Gur Lyons in, in Ireland. And he won a race called the Curra Cup two starts ago, uh, which is a race that Rekindling won on his way to winning the Melbourne Cup a few years ago. And then he ran in the Irish St. Ledger at his last day again on soft ground and, and underperformed. But, but I know J.D. Hayes has been out here most mornings and he's very happy with him. So... So all five are very nice horses, all both sort of form lines that yeah. in other years have seen horses competitive in the Melbourne Cup. Sitting on the fence. Uh, so I, I, I am sitting on the fence a little bit, but I, I, my, my, my pick at this point, picks at this point would be Doville Legend and without a fight. Okay. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of it with these horses is how they settle in, how they're working, are they eating, um, because it's obviously a big trip. Uh, to Australia, none of these horses have ever been on a trip like that before. So um, you really have to sort of pay attention to to those sort of things uh, that can lead you to the final decision as to who's probably the one to beat on the day. But uh, but as it stands, given they've only been here sort of three or four days, they've all settled in well and um, and about to start stepping up their work. All right. Okay, that's it. Well, you've got two jobs now before uh, two weeks today. You've got two jobs. We want the winner of the cup next time we speak to you in two weeks. And we also want to know the real reason of the name of who you Mel, not some made-up story. <laughs> okay. All right? Okay. You've got plenty okay, of time. Okay, yep. No, that's, that's challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, yep. Excellent. I'll be in touch in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, but no, that'll be good. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll have a better guide on these horses then. Um, 
and have seen them for, the, for that, that two-week period. And then the Melbourne Cup will have probably taken a bit more of a shape by them with the local horses. So we'll have a better understanding of where everything sits. Beautiful. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for your time. Stay nice and dry down there in Melbourne, and we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. Good stuff, boys. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Paul Bloodworth joining us there. Sammy, we better roll on. This is the Punters Mate on SEN. On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine, a holiday paradise. Leaving it up on the Gold Coast, the holiday paradise is, of course, Blair Gibson from brizzyraces.com.au, who is all over the Gold Coast form, although he tipped us two scratchings last week, Sammy. <laughs> See if he can do a bit better this week. You know what, though? As far as I'm concerned, that's a win. Ah, <laughs> oh, what about the one of them? It got, it didn't get a run. It was first emergency and won by about four at Mwillimbar a couple of days later. That was nice. That's all yeah. right. We'll take that. What price was it at Mwillimbar? Yeah, yeah, uh, three bucks. I think that's fine. No worries. That'd do they? Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. That'll do. All right, you've told me. I'm, you've told me I've been wind down, so I've got to be quick. Yeah, we've got to be quick uh, today. So, all right, here we go. Race three, number six, Noah and a deal. Yeah. Uh, you get around three fifty-four dollars for her. She's by Maurice out of a Dundee mare. Out in trip is perfect. She comes out of a really good three-year-old race, and I think this is a good target. Now we're in a deal. Yep. Um, I think a bit of value is race six, number six. Awesome lad. Now, he hasn't won in a while, but he just continually runs well. Um, Frad goes on. Decent gate. Sits near the speed. Has opened around $9, so I think it runs good. Awesome lad. And uh, I'm going with a horse I think is going really good all prep. Race seven, number one, B and Foggy. Um, oh, I haven't yeah. got a price here yet, but um, just a Terry rating track last start. Played against him. He's been good all prep, back to good ground. Frad, uh, look, I think he's very hard to beat as well. Race seven, number one, like all three of them. Awesome lad, having watched this horse a little while. He likes the uh, good ground. He doesn't seem to like anything wet, awesome lad. Yeah, I agree, and I'm a little surprised at the price that he's gone up. It's not a bad little race, pretty competitive, but, um, yeah, I think that's the wrong price. I think he'll probably start half that. All righty, so race three, number six, race six, number six, and race seven, number one from Gibbo. Have a great weekend, Gibbo. We'll catch you next week. You too, guys. See you. Blair Gibson joining us as he does every week. Sammy, uh, now, Toowoomba, Saturday night. You got a good thing? Race eight, number one, Instant Karma. It'll be winning. Uh, so that is my Toowoomba tip. And uh, I tell you what, I I think, um, I don't know if it'll be, well, it should be a bit of value. Uh, this race six, number three, Cutter Bright. Kenny Jones trains it and... Uh, I tipped it last start at 100 to 1, and they came for me, the SEN track family. They were coming for me. And it ran last. Sam Collett, she just sort of sat up on. Yeah, I know. But she sat up. She didn't do anything on it. A big drop in grade. Back to this will be easier on its home track. Uh, I don't think it's the worst. You won't be getting 100 this time. No, you won't be getting 100 there, but but it won't be favourite. Sunshine Coast Sunday. I'm going with race four, number 10, Alamira. Nice run uh, first up. I think Alamira can win race four, number 10. Best bets over the weekend for you, Sammy? Uh, Eagle Farm, race five, number four, yellow brick for the Sears camp. Like It'll horse. be winning. It'll be winning. Uh, Caulfield, race three, number one, Mr. Maestro. I was with it last time around. It'll be winning. 
And my Caulfield Cup tip is Knight's Order. Got him at $15 and happy about that, Chris. So I think he'll, gee, I think he'll give a good sight. You want to be up on the speed, wouldn't you, on that heavy track? Well, yeah, you would, you would think so. It's heavy 10 conditions and uh, uh, you want a horse that's effective in, in that ground and that's what he is. And Gay Wardhouse's horses, they're tough and strong. Yeah. For me, race six, number nine at Eagle Farm, Amity Gal will win. Race one, number one, Mashani Renegade will win. One of the Mashanis for me. One, one, six, nine. Got a lay for a semi? Uh, no. Well, I've got one. Caulfield, race six, number four, Naj Marty. Does not go a yard in the wet semi. I can't understand why it's in the first two in the market. So there you go. That's mine. All righty. Have a great weekend. Whatever you're doing, look after yourselves. Hope you back plenty of winners. For us and everybody else, it's that time of the week where we're off for a beverage. Come on. It's on, pop that top, like it ice cold, I drop it in a spot, New York City down a little rock, I said everybody grab a beer, let's dance, I'm ready to play, cause nothing feels better at the end of the day, the East Coast baby all the way to LA, I said everybody grab a beer, grab a beer, come on.